0: Welcome to Well Connected, a podcast for faculty, staff, residents, and fellows of UT Health Houston, brought to you by the UT Health Employee Assistance and Wellbeing Programs Office. I'm Julie Van Orden.
1: And I'm Anna Alvarado. The goal of Well Connected is to create opportunities for employees to connect the dots between three things: what's going on in our heads and hearts, how these thoughts and feelings affect our well-being and where we can find resources through the university to work toward a resolution.
0: We have two guests today from the UT Health Houston Payroll and Benefits Office. Patricia Henahosa, the Executive Director of Payroll and Benefits, and Jennifer Figueroa, Assistant Director of Benefits. Combined, they have over 32 years of experience in benefits. Patricia's previous podcast with us, is our third most listened-to cast, and we expect today's discussion to also be popular. One of the valuable connections between benefits and well-being is that when life events or situations come up, many times they cause us to need to access our benefits. If we don't have our affairs in order or do not understand how to navigate our benefits, such as health care benefits and insurance options, etc., they become a stress point for us. Therefore, we brought this team back to the Well Connected podcast to help inform and enlighten us so we can be proactive in planning for the unexpected, therefore decreasing our stress level when we need our resilience the most. Patricia, Jennifer, welcome to the Well Connected
2: podcast. Thank you for having us, Julie.
1: Yes, thank you. So when we recently reconnected with both of you, we learned that you all have some trending topics right now in the benefits office, and those are disability benefits, benefits while on a leave of absence, and sick and family leave pools. So I want to start with disability benefits. Are you talking about short-term and long-term disability? Um, I... I'm trying to figure out what
2: what do disability benefits mean? Could you help us understand it? Definitely. We definitely do have short-term disability benefits available for our employees. Mm -hmm. Um, Typically, they enroll as new hires. Um, It's one of their options when they become employed with the university. They have the option to elect either short-term disability or long-term disability, and sometimes they elect both. So they are very different um, in makeup as far as what they mean to the employee and their income. But they do serve a purpose to help bridge some time, um, especially if they've been disabled. On a short-term basis, we're looking at seven days. Isn't that right, Jen?
3: Yes. Um, they have to meet a, a seven-day elimination period in order for it to become an eligible claim. Um, and before disability, or short-term disability would actually kick in, um, they have to exhaust all of their sick time um, before those benefits become payable. And short-term disability would protect their income um, for up to 22 weeks, just depends on their condition. Um, and in long-term disability, um, those plans are th- that plan is actually for an extended period of time after the employee has been away um, more than 90 days. Um, the, the long-term disability plan would actually pay 60% of their monthly income um,
1: after they've um, been out on a medical leave for that period of time. Is that the same for um, short term? Is it also 60%?
2: 60% of your weekly income? Okay. Yeah, is the maximum, right? There are caps on certain things, Um, but we're really talking, um, for most of our employees, it would definitely assist them in their time of need, right?
1: Yeah. Could you give us, um, I guess, to clarify, can you give us a little bit of an example of, you know, who should be subscribing to short-term disability? Um, What types of situations can come up?
2: anything like that? Sure. So I mentioned earlier that it was really ideal for a new hire. Mm -hmm. But then what happens if you're not a new hire and you've been here for some time and you're thinking about, you know, it would probably be a good idea for me to look at some of those options. Well, they would be able to enroll as um, during annual enrollment. um, There is some medical underwriting that takes place if you did not subscribe or enroll in short term or long term disability as a new hire. So there is a there is a few questions that need to be answered, but that process would be explained during annual enrollment. Mm-hmm. Um I'm, and then let's go back to what your the first part of your question, Anna? You said you wanted some more clarification. Maybe about, some examples.
1: Yeah, like some some situations that may fall into. So these
2: are for non occupational illnesses or a condition. So let's say you um, are going to be hospitalized and you know that you're, being, you're going to plan to have some kind of surgery mm-hmm. and um, you're going to be out for some time. Of course, typically our employees, their first concern is, do I have enough time off? Right. After they've been to the doctor and they've received their diagnosis and now they know what the plan is, it's typically taking a look at what my accrual balances look like. Do I have enough time off to cover my period of absence as designated by my physician? Mm -hmm. So that's usually where we get a lot of questions, right? So short-term disability, someone would have to be out for seven days, at least seven days. If they have sick time off, they also have to exhaust that time off. Mm -hmm. Um, But then there's a very short elimination period. Compared to long-term disability, You must be disabled by a physician for at least 90 days. Mm -hmm. So ideally, I would think that you want to look at long-term disability for someone who probably has some time with the university or has a large sick time balance off. Short-term disability is really ideal for people who are just starting out in their career Mm -hmm. with the organization and have not built up enough time off. Um, just to have that just in case, because as you know, most of our benefits, your insurance benefits, you're not sick every month, you're not sick every day, but you have that medical benefit in case something happens to you and that's what this short term and long term are for. In In the what if scenario, something happens to you and you need to be out for an extended period of time and you don't have enough time off. Jen, is there something you'd like to add to that?
3: I think you covered it pretty well. Um actually, um I I just want to mention though that Um, As far as our new hires, one of the main things that we do discuss during our new hire orientation is we tell them this is the best opportunity to add the disability benefits. And if you do no other benefits, if you declined everything, at least enroll in the short-term and long-term disability for that extra protection because you never know. We've had multiple scenarios where we had new hires come on board and need short-term disability but did not enroll and had to take that time off without any pay. And that was really hard for
0: them. Okay, I have two questions from that. So what, what does short-term disability pay? What does it allow? Um, and long. <laughs> So it's those
3: serious medical conditions that keep you out longer than seven days. Well,
0: what I mean is, do I get
3: my full paycheck during short-term disability? Or- no. Okay. So short-term disability is only going to pay you 60% of your weekly income. But if you are highly, a high earner, they're going to cap that out at $850 a week. Okay. And they, in disability, they will actually go through the whole review process and tell you, this is how much we're going to pay you for and for how long. Um, they'll send that into you in
0: writing. Okay, so is long-term disability also 60%? sixty percent? Yes, ma'am. Sixty percent of your monthly income. Monthly. Sixty yes. percent of your monthly income. You know what's key to me that you said uh, a few minutes ago is that if I didn't subscribe to it, and I've been here for some time, it doesn't matter. It just I'm not no I'm no longer a new hire. Mm-hmm. I have to wait now until open enrollment, which mm-hmm. happens when. In July. In July. So I have to wait until July. So if I find out that I or I think not find out anything, but I just think this is a good thing I should have done. And it's December. I now have to wait until July to sign up. So I can't just sign up on a whim. Correct.
3: Right. But it's important to know that even if you sign up during annual enrollment, it's not a guaranteed enrollment. You have to go through that medical underwriting and get approved for it to become effective with the new plan year.
0: So I'm going to guess that that the underwriters do that for the purpose of making sure somebody's not, I'm going to just, I, I don't want to say gaming the system because it's not, but that they've had some sort of a diagnosis or something and they know that they need this. It's kind of like if you find out that you're terminal and now's when you want to buy life insurance. <laughs> um, so right. is that what they're looking for? Is something that would be maybe a predisposition that you're going to be needing that? Pre-existing. Oh, pre- yes. Ex- yes. Pre-existing. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Great question. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Anna. That was a really good question. So the next topic is benefits while on leave of absence. So it never really occurred to me that I needed to be concerned about this. So when we were thinking about the questions here, I just thought that my benefits would naturally continue if I was on a leave of absence. It tell makes sense to me
1: in my head. <laughs> I mean, there's,
0: there's <laughs> I, I have to take a leave of absence. Um, and sometimes there's also paid and unpaid. Can you tell us what that is and tell us what happens?
2: I think the most difficult um, scenario that we we encounter is the benefits while you are on an unpaid leave of absence, right? Because typically your your paycheck is how we obtain those premiums. All of your insurance comes out of your paycheck. We have that payroll deduction. If there's no payroll, there are no there's no way for us to receive payment for those insurance plans. Does that make sense? Yes. So that's where there are some tough decisions that need to be made um, and some conversations are had with the employee who's going out on an unpaid leave. And I and I say that because we want to know ahead of time if somebody's going out on an unpaid leave or they foresee themselves going out. We can have those conversations with them about their options. It's the ones who we don't know about and maybe have not reached out to our office that sometimes we do need to... Um, have some retroactive conversations but now they're already out on a leave unpaid and now we need to know do we need to send them a bill for their insurance benefits are they planning to come back soon do they have a medical release to come back um, soon so that we can maybe double up on some deductions um, when they return Um, So
0: I think the key thing that I'm hearing here is that just because I'm not earning a paycheck on unpaid leave and my benefits amounts aren't coming out doesn't mean they're still not owed. So if I want to have health care or life insurance or whatever my benefits are while I'm on unpaid leave without a paycheck, I still have to pay for those benefits. Now I have to pay out of pocket for them without a paycheck.
2: That is correct.
0: So what does that look like? Like
2: in cost? Oh, well, well, <laughs> well, it can be very costly. So think about this. As a full-time employee, the premium for health insurance alone is $0 for, your, for you as an employee-only coverage. However, if you are out on an unpaid leave of absence for a full month, what's what we're talking about here and not under a protected leave such as fmla fml we call it here Mm -hmm. um and you're you're out and you don't have that protection then you have to pay the full premium for the month that is what is owed which is
3: 752 dollars Per um, month, then,
2: right. and that's just medical. Mm.
3: Yes, that's just a medical. You would still um, need to pay all of your, all, um, on top of that, your voluntary benefits as well. Um, and if, if it's a
0: family coverage, then that can get pretty pricey. So a minimum, it's it's over $700, and then for a family, we got to look at, they need to have a conversation regardless, but it's even more than that. So that's a really tough, tough thing to be thinking about. And especially they
2: want 99% of the cases when a person is out on an unpaid leave of absence is because it's re- it's due to a medical issue. So they have to have coverage. Um, there's not an option right. of saying, okay, well, let's, let's drop the coverage because that would be a qualifying event, but they can't do that at that time because they need the coverage to help with their own medical condition that they've got going on. So there are some tough scenarios um, that we do have to deal with.
0: So, Jennifer, when you were talking a minute ago, you were talking about if they're on protected. Maybe you mentioned it, Patricia, and Mm -hmm. you mentioned FML. So does the disability happen after FML or instead of? I mean... No, it actually runs concurrently.
3: So think of it as a train, two trains on two different tracks going simultaneously. Um, So... The FML is the classification of the leave that you qualify for. That means your job is protected and your health insurance is protected while you're out on, a le- on that particular leave. But the disability benefits is the income replacement that pays you while on that protected or on that
0: leave that you're taking. Okay. So- We're going to have to have the HR people come in sometime <laughs> to talk to us about the leave part of it, not the benefits side. So that's, that's a great distinction. Thanks for le- yes. letting me know.
1: I love imagery. Thanks for the two trains. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so let's talk about sick and family leave pools. It's um, interesting when I looked it up and what this was all about. Um, so when I, I just want to share a little bit that when I had my my second child, my two kids were very. Um, we had them very close, and so by the time I had. Um, our second child, I didn't have enough time, accrued to get paid the whole entire um, three months that I was going to be gone for maternity leave. And so luckily, I I had short-term disability. Um, a great supervisor for my uh, the UT institution that I was a part of before UT Health had suggested one time that, you know, maybe you should elect for um, a short-term disability. You know, you could be you're in, you know, childbearing age, you know, I wasn't even married at the time. She's like, it's just something to think about. Like, you know, you never know, you could get hurt. It's just, you just want to be always covered. So I elected that a long time ago and never, I haven't thought about it in so long. And so it just so happened that I was like, oh yeah, I have, I have this available to me and I could use this, um, to get the, the 60% of my paycheck.
0: Great supervisor.
1: (laughs) Yay. So I was just thinking when, if I didn't have that short term disability, am I able to go to that sick leave pool and apply for some of that time? So how does that work?
2: So we have two pools now. Okay. Now family leave pool is relatively new. Um, the sick leaf pool has been around for quite some time.
1: Okay, so those are two different two things. I thought those are like just yes. two names for one thing. Okay, great, there thank are you. are
2: actually two pools. The okay. sick leave pool is for catastrophic illnesses. So if it was a routine pregnancy and there were no complications, we would definitely um, not go the route of the sick leaf pool okay. because we're looking for very specific, um, life-threatening, mm-hmm. catastrophic something major has happened and there's no um, not that there's not a good prognosis there could be but you're looking for something very specific medically that has happened to the employee Mm
0: -hmm. or Or the the, child or the
2: employee's dependent uh,
3: immediate family Mm -hmm. member right one of
2: their immediate let's say the spouse has a terrible prognosis and the the other spouse who works for us um, needs time to take care them, right? To take off to care for them. So sick leave pool might be an option. But again, that is really categorized for catastrophic. Noise. Okay. So if for a pregnancy, there would have to be some kind of complication, a serious yep. complication, either to the mother or the child. I see. Yep. So sick leave pool probably would not have been for you. Okay. But then that may have led to this. It's a rather new pool and it's called the family leave pool. It was created in September of 21 by the state legislature or September of 22? It was to
3: 22. To it may be 22. It's a very new pool.
2: Very new. And it was really designed with, um, of course, what happened in 2020 and 2019 and 2021, right? COVID. Right. There wasn't anything in the state code that would allow us to utilize sick leave pool for a pandemic related illness. I see. Because how many people had covid No serious symptoms, but they could not come to work. Mm -hmm. Not catastrophic, not hospitalized. It was the majority of the population, right? Mm -hmm. But the sick leave pool could not award hours to that group. So the state legislature met about a few things during that time period, and they passed, um, actually enacted the family leave pool, which covers serious illness, Mm -hmm. right? Very different than catastrophic. And it also made some amendments... For birth and for um, caring of a child, baby bonding, things like that, which were not related to sick leave pool. There was no way that could have worked. Right. So it is relatively new. Um, It is very similar. It operates similar to the way sick leave pool. It's, uh, It's dependent upon donations, but sick leave pool, you could only donate sick time to, right? Very different. The family leave pool Um, employees can donate sick time or vacation time to the pool. And there's actually a taxable and a non-taxable category. Oh, that's good. So it's very different, right? Sick leave pool, there's only one category. Mm -hmm. It's non-taxable. You're never taxed, but it's only Mm -hmm. sick time that can be donated to the pool. And that's all we can award.
0: Wow. So it requires the good hearts of our listeners to think about donating to the sick or family because they have... A, a lot of time on the books. Yes. And I, I know it might be hard to pry that out of their, off their paycheck or out of their hands, so to speak, because they think, what if, what if, what if. Right. But somebody's what if is already happening and exactly. sometimes they really need it.
2: Eight hours would make such a difference. It would. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, we recently, had a short um, campaign. There was some information that we listed and um, worked with communications to list in inside campus notes and in the newsletter, trying to drum up some support for that family leave pool. Yes. That's great. Thanks for doing that.
0: Yes. And to our listeners who have high balances, if you or even not, yes. and you feel like you could give eight hours, it's like it may, it's such a difference. It does. Right? Yes. Do you have any questions on that? Anna, did you get your questions yeah. answered? You feel yeah. like you got it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was so good that you had this uh, supervisor who, like you weren't even really thinking that far ahead yet, brand new. And they, and she said, you know, you might consider short-term disability. And, right. and then you get on it, and then now you need to use the family leave or the sick leave pool potentially. You, so I yeah. think a good supervisor uh, like, is knowledgeable. I think, you know,
1: when I – I was a a new employee. It was just so overwhelming. Mm -hmm. All the information. And... Exactly what what you all had said. If you don't do anything at all. Exact this is that was also what she said. If you don't do anything at all, at least elect for short term disability. She goes, You 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 just you just never know. She goes, you could mm-hmm.
2: fall right now and break your life or something. Yeah, or was, yeah. yeah. So, literally due to car accidents. I yes. mean right. and yes. if you drive in Houston, <laughs> yes you know you're faced with traffic all day, every day. So but little things like that happen. Um or you know you have some kind of foot injury that requires mm-hmm. surgery that mm-hmm. you cannot drive to work. You cannot right. come to work, but it's not catastrophic, luckily. So. We
3: actually had that occur. One of our new hires, he got into a motorcycle accident. Luckily, he did sign up for short-term disability, oh my. Wow. Um, and that was able to
0: help him out. Wow. you just never know when we were preparing for this i literally anna and i were having these conversations and and uh thinking about you know what we wanted to ask you and i was like i don't even remember if i signed up i i went after (laughs) you left my office i went in and i opened up self service and i looked and i sighed a sigh of relief because i'm like i'm the most accident prone person i know so (laughs) if it can happen it can happen to me All right, I want to move on because when I'm thinking about these topics, I'm thinking about they really do happen at times when people are dealing with difficult and stressful life events. So help us understand what is the best way to navigate or smooth out this experience for us, like if we're also dealing with stress. So it's a stressful event, and now we've got to contact benefits
2: Think the employee reaching out to benefits um, to gather some information and guidance, right? So we have different. I'm gonna I'm gonna borrow from Jennifer's train track uh, mm-hmm. and the trains. We have different things going on. Could have very different things going on with the employee. They may be in touch with their FML coordinator or um, HR employee relations because they have an FMLA related event. Um, but uh, HR is only handling that FMLA compliance piece. So that doesn't have anything to do with their pay and their time off. So I think that the employee needs to, if they have time to prepare before an event, please make the certain, you know, reach out to your FML coordinator, reach out to the benefits team, Um, qualifying events. We can also, if they're adding a baby, we've talked a little bit about that, adding a baby during that 31 days. So it's all under the same umbrella, but there's just different methods, um, and it just depends on each scenario because you're very unique.
0: Right. It sounds like, I mean, the key thing for you, Anna, and the key thing that you're talking about is that if you have time in advance, do it before yes. the situation okay. happens. So it's prevent. It's like with anything. Watch what you eat now so you don't have to worry <laughs> about it later. Correct. Um, and so it's, it's another preventive maintenance
2: kind of thing. So... I don't know if I answered that question fully about what can, what else can they do, um, Jennifer? Do you have any suggestions? Um, I think I would um, the way I
3: would if I was getting that phone call is making sure that number one the employee is notifying their manager oh, that's that good. they need to take that time off for these conditions. Um, and of course, a manager needs to be able to uh, protect that information because it is sensitive information. Um, and then, utilizing the port, the leave hub that employee or that we're building, and apply if, if eligible to apply for that FML. And then, of course, you want to connect with benefits to verify if you have elected um, short-term disability. And talk about the time off and how long
2: you're actually going to be off. Um, then else? we can make some decisions at that point, right? We can, we can really guide them um, and, and give them some direction versus, hey, I have no idea what to do at this yeah. point. You know, right. I, I know I have 80 hours left, but my doctor says I can't come back for a month. Right. Um, so what do I do? Uh, so that we can help alleviate at least have a plan in place. Maybe we can give you your, if you signed up for disability, we're providing you with that disability application. If you think that you're going to need sick pool hours, we can talk about the condition and make the determination right there. Is this sick pool? Is it family leave pool? Mm -hmm. Which which route do we take Mm -hmm. to make it the best possible experience for that employee?
0: You know what I like the best about all this is that there's a couple of things. First of all, you teased out the idea that when they contact you, uh, and I'm, I'm and the listeners don't know, I'm pointing to Jennifer here, but that <laughs> Jennifer brought up the idea that when they contact her, doesn't mean they've already had a conversation with their manager. Right. And so I want to just thank you in advance, both of you, for thinking ahead and helping them connecting the dots because it is a stressful time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and helping them to navigate the self-service portal because there are things that you've said are in place and then you've alluded to the things that aren't quite in place yet but that are coming and so they need to always be on top of these things and thank you for like pointing out to them that you know you're the different things that are going to be available being willing to anticipate what other things might come their way so like I you know Uh, I say all the time when I'm uh, talking, uh, doing my presentations at the new employee orientation is that it's so important to write down certain information now because when you need it, it's hard to remember because you're kind of stressed out about what's going on. So if you have it in a place that it's easy for you, um, then
2: it's going to be helpful for you. So this is one of those times. Definitely. And I think that's one of our points of mm-hmm. trying to centralize some yes. of those forms. Um, Jennifer kind of alluded to that. We are making some improvements mm-hmm. to the leave portal itself or an, employees, an employee <laughs> self-service um, so that it'll make it easier and it's going to be electronic versus paper mm-hmm. form. And, and so we're, we're hoping that that will alleviate some of the concern and at least Oh, I'm, I'm going to be have some time off. Oh, I need to go check the leave tile. What do yes. I need to do from right. there? Yes. So we're trying to streamline some of that and make improvements, process improvements always.
0: Yes. <laughs> and for our managers out there, is there anything in particular that you think that's key for a manager to keep in mind as you are managing your people?
3: I would say that they um, want to be on alert if they notice an employee is taking a lot of time off and having those conversations with the employee and um, steering them in the right direction on who they need to speak to about you know, that time off that they're taking, whether it be HR and benefits or... Um, um, following up with benefits and all, all of us having being a part of that conversation. I've been on multiple phone calls where it's the manager, the employee, and an employee relations um, uh, rep. Um, and we're all helping the employee navigate um, their time before they take time off and even returning to work and giving them that best route. Um,
0: yeah, I i mean, one of the things that, that um, you just said, I, I keyed in on, and it, that is that, you know, if, be on the alert. If you see somebody that's taking a lot of leave, I just want to, like, alert all of you who are listening, when you hear that some people work in an office, that they can hear their manager say, hey, I noticed that you've had a lot of leave, and, and not be offended by that, and like they're being watched. So remember, it's how you deliver that, because it could. It, I just want to make sure that you are coached through your options. You have a lot of resources available to you, and so if you need to have that discussion, come to me. I'm willing to have that discussion with you. Don't just like blurt it out, hey, I noticed you're taking out a lot of leave, <laughs> um, because it could be <laughs> taken (laughs) taken. in the wrong way so make sure that you uh, understand how to have that conversation and if you need help with it um, you know go to somebody that you trust or a mentor or somebody even ask the the people in benefits
2: it sounds like they know how (laughs) you can approach it's always good to be sensitive because we just don't know what's going on in Mm -hmm. the situation Mm -hmm. Um, so I think working together you know helps make that experience as As good as possible sometimes it's it's not a good situation so we just want to make um, make this make the experiences the best we can yeah
3: also yeah the supervisor just keeping track of that time and making sure that if the employee is exhausting all of those balances then that that's a for sure sign that hey we need to start having those conversations and seeing um what we we need to do to help you maintain that financial stability while you're out on those leaves Um, it helps a lot when emplo- uh, when our managers are um, engaged, And st- right? staying on top of their, um, the
2: employees. Yep. Yeah, staying really engaged and just cognizant, aware. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's always really important. I'm going to put on my payroll hat for a second, and I'm going <laughs> to say that that employees complete their timesheets timely, right? Yep. Sometimes oh, you get through, you get to the whole month, and you're like, oh well, I had no idea, but they've used up all of their their um, sick time or all of their time off um, about three weeks ago and you know so that becomes another another pinch point so definitely um, time are important so mm-hmm. yeah.
1: that whole preparation too when I I mean both times I went on maternity leave I had, I had a whole spreadsheet of my time mm-hmm. <laughs> each day broken down into it got a little bit more complicated with my second child because you know I had to switch from my time into short-term disability so sure. it was like really laid out color-coded on which yeah. time because they're entering the time for me while I'm gone and right. so yeah. um, definitely that conversation with your manager is so key to just help prepare because there's so much going on in the background
0: while you're out. Yes. Um, Correct. I want to thank you for bringing up like your personal example of this, because I think having somebody at the table here today as we talk that went through it helps make it understandable because it's hard for me when I was writing these up and I'm I've been in benefits before working and understanding it. I, I think it's been very useful. I you already helped me yeah. check my and, my, <laughs> my short-term disabilities. Yeah, you
1: know, and just for the listeners out there, I, I know it can be really stressful and overwhelming because what's my next step? I literally just picked up that phone and Jennifer was on the other line and just broke <laughs> it down for me. I was like, okay, great, fantastic. Like, if you feel like you're so lost and you don't know what to do, just pick up that phone. Like it's really that easy. And I don't want to put so much more work on y'all's plate, but yeah. I, I, I didn't know what to do at that point because I was like, I'm going to be out of time. What do I do next? Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Right. so thank you all for, for being such great advocates for us. Um, so in addition to the areas you all just told about us, are there any other things employees, our listeners can do to prevent problems related to their benefits? Um, I know you, you know preparation is always key, and you know, elect
2: um, an annual enrollment. What else? What are other things? I think the other thing to consider is um, qualifying events. They they are always important. So yes. if you have marriage, um, having a baby, birth, adoption, thirty one days is your is your um, deadline to make certain that you've initiated that action in the MyUT portal in um, my ut benefits you can take that action uh, yourself you don't need um, any help from us but you can definitely call and reach out if you need some but you would just log into the portal and be able to make that either you're adding someone or you're dropping someone that right. sort of thing but 31 days is your limit so yes. those are to that's, to to
1: the mamas future mamas out there that's The heart that was the hardest for me, having gone through this twice. I had to put a reminder on my phone, I had to put it on my calendar, I had to put it on a folder, on a sticky note of the folder that I took to the hospital. Because I only have 31 days and I can tell you this the second my my second child came around, I was dealing with a toddler and a baby. I was so close to the end of that that those 30 days, 31 days just fly when you're taking care of a baby or whatever situation you're going through. So Give yourself a lot of reminders around right. that because right.
0: no one else is going to do so that. So on you. day forty, you don't go to <laughs> no. the doctor to get your immunization exactly. with your baby, and they're like, yes. uh, "You don't have any health care because you exactly. didn't enroll yes. them." So and then
2: you're yeah. calling. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. Tough, So <laughs> Great. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? Um, what else, Jen? What else could we really provide for them
3: to prevent problems related to their benefits? Staying up to date, paying attention to your emails and the communications that we send out. Um, I think we, um, especially uh, UT system, they do a good job at um, emailing, um, sending you know consistently with all the the inform- uh, the benefit of changes. Changes. Of um,
0: so you also have the automated things to remind us, but yes. you're talking about the ones that come out that say. Open enrollment, tax right. time, those things like minders. that. Don't just ignore those. It's really easy when you've got 600 emails. Uh, by the way, I don't, but I know people <laughs> who do, that you probably do, don't you? <laughs> yes, Patricia's shaking her head, yes. yes. But to, to not, or think you're gonna come back to it, either just to not open it or to think you're gonna come back and you don't ever go back because uh, the crisis just walked into your door and Correct. the phone just rang again. So
2: Correct,
0: right. yeah, make sure you Indeed. open those uh, the emails from the people that keep you here and keep you healthy right <laughs> me try. Yeah, since, <laughs> since we transitioned a little bit into, you know, any kind of benefit, because you're talking about outside of these leave things, I want to ask you just um, what what do you think is, of all the benefits that we have available to us, is there anything that you think people should have on their radar, especially with the new year coming, to either start thinking about when open enrollment or that they can enroll in at any time or utilize
2: that they don't usually do or that you think is such a valuable benefit? So since we're beginning with the new year, we're thinking about that. We've actually um, been talking quite a bit about the plan for 2024. So beginning with 2024, it would be a great time to review retirement plans, any of those voluntary plans. You know, the new limits start for the year, beginning with the first paycheck and. January. So it's a great time for you to maybe reach out to one of our financial advisors if you haven't already set up an account for a voluntary retirement contribution, and that could be a 403B or a 457. And we have pre tax and post tax um, uh, categories, buckets that you could contribute to. And plan, try to plan a little bit for that retirement, um, that golden day when you get to pick your retirement. And so um, you'll be able to to fund all of your fun lifestyle that you're thinking about. Yeah. So we were just actually talking about that because of, uh, of the last payrolls for 2023 and trying to keep up with those limits and amounts. So I think that's really important. Um, Jen, do you have something to add?
3: The retirement limits? Um,
1: no.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, it's okay. Yeah. She covers just, a lot yeah. of it. <laughs> Well, being the wellness people, yeah. <laughs> I know that some of the things that I really, you know, I always like people to remember is that, you know, if you're having problems with your joints or you're having problems with your muscular, uh, skeletal issues, that sort of thing, don't forget that you have available to you Hinge Health. Oh, yes. And a Rosty. <laughs> um, those have been like lifesavers for me. So, uh, because I spend a lot of time uh, either driving in my car as I commute or at the computer, and I'm always kind of in that pos- that posture, in that right. position. So, it's uh, just really important that you, if you have aches and pains, to so remember you have wellness
2: benefits available definitely. to you. Mm-hmm. Wellness benefits, they're covered at 100%. Yeah, so, yeah. preventative uh, prevent- benefits.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. So, we are at our time. And we are at the end of our podcast episode. Here, is there anything else that you would like to add that maybe we didn't cover in this in this whole conversation?
2: I think it's just over communication. That's mm. that's really the key. Over communicate. Communicate with your manager. Communicate with HR if you're looking for a uh, protected leave. Communicate with your timekeeper. Make certain that you, as the employee, are taking care of um, all of those of crossing the T's and dotting the I's and making certain you've got your information and reaching out to benefits if you have some questions. I think being able to communicate in all those veins and that will help um, relieve a lot of stress that that is can be self-induced.
0: It occurs to me, too, that uh, if a manager is looking for a topic for an in-service or they're having a team meeting and you're always looking for something new to say, hey, did you know that this change has occurred or did you know uh, just the open enrollment or that Whatever the most recent benefits message that came out, remember that those will be resources for you to share with your team uh, to make your uh, team meeting so much more lively.
2: (laughs) Definitely could be lively.
0: Well, thank you guys for being on today. We do appreciate you.
3: Thank you for having well,
0: yes, us. You're thanks for having welcome. us. It was a pleasure. Yeah. Listeners, uh, for information about employee assistance and well-being program services, please call our office at 713-500-3327, and our confidential team will direct you to the faculty or staff representative who can help you. We can also get you in touch with Patricia and Jennifer if you don't already know how to reach them. You can reach us 24-7-365 for urgent matters, and during regular office hours, for- all other business. You may also contact Anna and me by email at wellness at uth.tmc.edu. Also important for you to know is that many of the EAP and well-being services are available to your dependents as well at no cost. Thank you so much for listening.